My name is Rick Renner, and I am in a park in Moscow called Park Pobeda, which in English is translated Victory Park. And this is a park which is dedicated to the memory of World War II, the people who died in the war, and the military equipment that was used in World War II. It's hard to imagine how many Soviet people gave their lives in World War II, about 29 million. If you want to understand what that means, just think of the state of Texas. That's about the population of this state of Texas. So if you killed everybody in the state of Texas, which is a horrible thought, that would be how many people died in the Soviet Union in World War II. The Soviet people were very dedicated to defend their land. They knew that if they were going to survive from a Nazi attack, they had to be very well planned in their resistance. General MacArthur said the defense of Moscow was the finest, the most well-thought defense in the history of the human race. Amazing what General MacArthur said about the defense of Moscow. Likewise, if you want to really make sure your life is preserved and doesn't come under attack, then you need to be very planned in your resistance of evil forces. Don't be happenstance about it. You've got to decide that you're going to put up spiritual artillery, that you're going to put up your defenses, you're going to construct your life in such a way that the enemy will never be able to penetrate you or your family, your health, or your business. And if you'll take the proper steps, you can defend yourself against attack. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. I've been waiting for you, and today we're going to jump right into the subject of how to build that wall of defense so the enemy can't get into your life. As I told you yesterday, your life is precious, and you need to do everything you can to protect your life, protect your family, protect all your things, your territory, so the devil doesn't worm his way into your life and mess things up. And the fact is, he's going to try. Now, I don't want you to have a spirit of fear. You don't need to have a spirit of fear. You have more power than the devil. But we need to be sensible and understand there really is an enemy who wants to try to find a way into our life. So we need to be sure that we give him no open places, no gaping holes through which he easily finds entrance into our lives. Instead, we need to build a wall of defense. And friend, there are practical steps you can take. I'm going to start giving them to you today real practical things you can do that will begin to build a fortress around your life, a wall of defense that will make it very difficult, if not impossible, for the devil to find entrance into your personal affairs. It's going to be really good. Get your Bible, get something to write with, get ready to take notes, because today I believe you're going to be helped. But first, I want to remind you that I'm offering you my series called How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life. It's a 10-part series based on these programs that comes complete with a study guide just filled with marvelous notes. The back of the series says, in these messages, we explore the fact that cracks in the personal walls of our lives allows the devil to enter our territory and steal what is ours. You don't want the devil to take what is yours. So how do you build a wall so strong the enemy can never penetrate your territory? What steps do you need to take to ensure he never gains a foothold in your personal life, your family, your business, your health, your finances, or your relationships? Make no mistake, the devil's goal is your annihilation. He never gains a foothold in your life without your permission.
Knowing how to stop this is vital, and that is what this series is all about. It is just really a lifesaver. This will make a difference in your life, and because of the study notes, you can also use it in a study group. And with it, we also offer my book, my little book, just 100 pages, called Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. These pages are loaded with practical insights about the armor of God, how to put on the whole armor of God, how to deal with the devil eyeball to eyeball, if you must, and if he has already found entrance into your life, how do you drive him out? That's what we were looking at yesterday. So let's pick up where we left off yesterday. But we're going to begin in our foundational verse, which is 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. And I'm speaking from my notes. And in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, Peter, the elder of the church, is writing to his audience. And he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. And we've seen that word devour over and over. It's a Greek word, pino. doesn't mean to eat the meat but it means to slurp the juices, to drink. And here Peter says to us, make no mistake, what the devil wants to do is find his way into your life. Now, how does he do that? Well, he's an adversary, and we've already seen in previous programs the word adversary, the Greek word antidikos, is really the word for a prosecuting attorney. Just like a prosecutor prosecutes, and how does he do that? He finds some area where someone has violated a law or violated a principle, they've broken something they shouldn't have broken, and he uses that violation to take them down. And this is what the devil does. He circles our lives. He looks for a way to get inside. If we're living consecrated, sanctified lives, every door closed, every crack sealed, he can't find entrance. But if we've done something wrong, if we violated a spiritual principle, he finds it. And he uses it as a crack or a loophole, like an advocate or a prosecuting attorney. He uses that area where we've messed up to find entrance into our life, to prosecute us and to take us down. That is his goal. And by using this word adversary, the Greek word antidikos, Peter tells us that the devil comes and legally looks for a way to get inside. So if we're smart, we're going to give him no legal reason to get into our lives. We have to live circumspectly and be very serious. And that's why Peter began in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 by saying, be sober. The Greek word nepho means think straight, not like a silly drunk. Be serious minded. Don't drop your guard. And then he says, be vigilant. Be serious because there's an enemy out there who wants to get inside. You've got to do all you can to put up a wall of defense and be on high alert so that he never gets inside. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't sit around thinking about the devil all the time, but I am very aware that if I don't live right, he's going to find my error as an entry point into my life. And so I'm very serious about my life, and I'm very circumspect because I don't want to give any place to the devil. And that's what Peter's telling us in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Now, in the last program, I ended by referring to James chapter 4 and verse 7, and I want to refer to it again. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That word submit is the Greek word hupotasso. I'm going to read to you directly from my notes. This word submit, the Greek word hupotasso, describes one who has submitted to some type of authority. It describes submission to authority in any context, but it can mean to hide behind someone's back, showing there is protection in submission. And as I told you before, sometimes 
it's not a matter of keeping the devil out. Sometimes he's already gotten in. And sometimes the devil's in our marriage or he's in our finances or the devil's in our kids. The devil's found his way into our relationships and it is such a mess. And sometimes the devil's become so entrenched in the middle of our affairs, we don't know how to get him out by ourselves. So we need somebody to help us. This word submit, of course, describes submission to God. But often as we submit to God, God instructs us to hide behind somebody else, to let somebody else pray for us, to let someone else advise us. Sometimes when you're in the middle of the war, you don't see things clearly and you need somebody to help you see better and to take you by the hand and help you walk out of that mess. Sometimes that's what part of submission to God involves. Submitting to somebody else who helps you, who prays with you. And if you don't have anybody to pray with you, call us. We'll pray for you. We're really people of prayer. We'll pray with you for you to walk out of that battle that you're in and to drive the enemy out of your life. And the Bible tells us, continuing in James chapter 4, verse 7, that if you submit yourself to God, then you're in a position to resist the devil. That word resist, listen to this, the Greek word anthistomy. It means to stand against, to stand in opposition to. It demonstrates the attitude of one who is fiercely opposed to something and therefore determines to do everything within his power to resist it, to stand against it, to withstand, to defy and militarily, it was used to depict a pre-planned resistance. Now, we're going to come back to that in just a moment. A pre-planned resistance. But James goes on in James 4 and verse 7, and he says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Here's the thing you need to know about the devil. As long as you do nothing, he'll push you all over the place. He'll push you here. He'll push you there. He'll move you all over the place. But the moment you resist him, guess what? He flees. The devil doesn't know how to take it when a believer resists him. The moment you say, that's it. You're not pushing me around anymore. I'm going to move you. When you resist him, the Bible says he will flee from you. Well, what does that mean when the Bible says flee? Well, the word flee is a Greek word, fiego. It means to take flight, to run as fast as possible, even to escape. It was used to depict one whose feet were flying, or it was used to depict a lawbreaker who flees in terror from a city or nation where he has broken the law because he is fearful of punishment. And here's what happens. As long as you do nothing, the devil will push you. He'll move you from your position of faith. He'll push you around in your marriage. The devil will push you around in your health, push you around in your faith, just pushing you, pushing you, pushing you. But when you finally say, that's it, submit yourself to God, the Greek word hupotasso. If needed, ask for somebody else to come in and help, hide behind somebody else's back, seek protection in God and others, and then begin to resist a pre-planned resistance. I'm going to resist you strategically. I'm going to drive you out. The Bible says the devil will run like one who is fearful of prosecution, like a lawbreaker caught who knows he's going to get in trouble unless he escapes. The devil, the Greek word flee, really means will move his feet as fast as possible to get away from you when you begin to stand against him and resist. You can do that. The Bible says you can, and you will have the result of the devil fleeing from you. But like I said, sometimes we need help.
Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Now, we've been looking at verse 8, which says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Then verse 9, listen to verse 9, because here's where we are today. Verse 9 says, Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Don't leave me. Stay with me. This is very important. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. That word resist is the same word resist which we saw in James chapter 4 and verse 7. Now we see it in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 9. Whom resist, same word, anthistomy is the Greek word. I'm going to read you again the meaning. To resist, to arrange oneself against, to strategically oppose an orderly pre-planned resistance. Pre-planned. What do I mean by that? I'll come right back to it. The verse continues to say, whom resists steadfast in the faith. The word steadfast is the Greek word stereos. The word stereos is a simple Greek word which means to bolster or to reinforce, as if you were to bolster yourself or to reinforce yourself. And when you take these words together, the King James Version says, whom resists steadfast in the faith. And RIV translation of this verse would be this, whom you must strategically oppose, resisting his potential assaults by putting up a pre-planned resistance. You must do all you can to bolster and reinforce yourself in faith. Let me read that RIV to you again. It's the RIV of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9. Whom you must strategically oppose, resisting his potential assaults by putting up a pre-planned resistance, you must do all you can to bolster and reinforce yourself in faith. This is not the picture of you saying, well, if I'm attacked, then I'll figure out what to do. That's foolishness. A smart person says, I'm going to build my life in such a way that even if he tries to attack, it will have no effect on me. A pre-planned resistance, bolstering and reinforcing yourself in faith so that even if the devil tries to get in, he can't get in. If he tries to assault you, it has no effect because you have planned a pre-planned resistance that keeps him out. That's smart. That's smart. That's building a wall of defense around your life to keep the devil out of your life. Now, there are practical things you can do to build a wall of defense around your life. And I'm going to begin now giving you some of these practical steps, and I want you to write them down. So get a piece of paper, get something to write with. This is going to be very practical, and I'm going to speak to you directly from my life things that I've learned. I'm going to give you seven things you can do every day. Now, I can't cover all seven of them today. But over the next days, I'm going to be covering these. Don't miss these programs. Today, I'm going to give you number one of seven things you can do to reinforce your life, to bolster yourself in the faith, to build a wall of defense around you so the devil can't get inside. Number one. Are you ready? Number one, every day, spend time with God in the morning. I can just hear about somebody say, oh, now he's going to talk about a daily devotional time. Well, do you want to keep the devil out of your life? Are you really serious about building a wall of defense? 
then you've got to start first thing in the morning because the devil will try from the very outset of the day to get into your day. All you need to do is wake up and get one bad text message and it can spoil your day. Open your computer and get one email that discourages you and the devil can begin assaulting you from the very first part of the day. Or maybe your spouse wakes up in a strange mood and the two of you don't quite hit it off right and immediately the devil tries assaulting you from the very first part of the day. It's very important how you start your day. How you start your day may determine whether or not you keep the devil out of your personal affairs. So number one, every day spend time with God in the morning. And my scripture is Psalm 5, verse 3. And in Psalm 5, verse 3, David said, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, Lord. And then he repeated it. In the morning I will direct my prayer unto thee. And then he ends by saying these words, And will look up. David understood what it was to be assaulted. David had enemies in his home. He had enemies all around his kingdom. David was constantly being assaulted inside and outside of his home. And David understood that when he woke up in the morning, the first thing he needed to do was lift up his voice. That's why he said, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee. And of course, when you're directing your prayer unto God, you're directing your thoughts unto God. And that's why he says, And will look up. I'm going to read to you directly from my notes. Notice the last statement, and we'll look up. David knew he needed to look up every morning, and so do you. David was surrounded with enemies both inside and outside his home and was tempted to struggle emotionally. That's a fact. All you have to do is read the book of Psalms, and you know that David was tempted to struggle in his emotions. And David learned early on that it was important for him personally to begin with prayer and to look up. If he didn't look up, the chances were that David would begin looking down. And it's the same for you. You have to make a deliberate decision before I do anything else. Every day I'm going to stop, I'm going to look up, I'm going to direct my prayer to heaven. But to do this, it takes a serious commitment. Let me tell you, if you do what I'm telling you, you'll have peace, you'll feel confident, you will feel that you've done what is right and you'll experience power to overcome the daily problems of life. If you don't do what I'm saying, your emotions will be open to assault. Probably you'll be troubled, you'll be nervous, you'll be worried, you'll lack spiritual power in your life. Doing what I'm saying may require you to wake up just a few minutes earlier. By the way, I'm not talking about spending hours in prayer every morning. I'm talking about before you get out of your bed, before you lift your head off of the pillow. Let God hear your voice. Direct your voice to heaven. Look up before you even lift your head off of the pillow. Let God hear your voice. Dedicate your day to the Lord. Begin by recognizing the Lordship of Jesus over your life. Mentally, if you'll do that, you'll be building a border, a barricade, that will keep the devil out of your emotions. This is very important. Now, people often say, what do you do, Rick? I'm gonna tell you what I do. I'm telling you what I do. When I wake up in the morning, I don't lift my head off the pillow without directing my thoughts to the Lord. That does not mean that I lay in bed and have an intercessory prayer session. I do not. I'm not gonna to lie to you, I don't do that. 
But before I lift my head from the pillow, before my feet hit the floor, I'm acknowledging the presence of God in my life and Jesus' lordship over my life. I'm saying to him, Lord, this is your day. I commit it to you right now. Before I lift my head from this pillow, I give you this day. I recognize your lordship. I'm asking you to direct my steps. I'm asking you to fill my thoughts. Give me your thoughts. Father, I give this to you. I began by looking up. It is a deliberate decision. Then I go to the kitchen. I get my cup of coffee. And when I have my cup of coffee, I go to my private place, which is a chair in our TV room where I sit, and I begin to read my Bible. And I read the Bible, and I let the Bible read me. As I read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to my heart. And that is a very important time. In fact, it is such an important time in my life that I have a self-imposed rule. And the self-imposed rule is no Bible, no breakfast. That's not a biblical rule. It's my personal rule. I have learned I have to have the Word of God in the morning. I have to be mentally looking up or my day will be spoiled somewhere along the way. But if I start with prayer and start in the Bible, I'm building a wall of defense that protects me and starts me out right every single day. And my rule is no Bible, no breakfast. Not a morsel of food goes in my mouth until first I've taken the word of God into my heart. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Before I put any physical food into my mouth, first of all, I take the word of God into my spirit. That does not mean you have to read five hours every morning in your Bible. But you need to have a daily Bible reading plan where you can sit down, read the word of God, take it into your heart. And by the way, you'll feel a lot better about yourself as a Christian. If you read your Bible, you feel like you've done what is right. That word will nourish your heart. You might say, well, I don't have a Bible reading plan. I don't know how to do that. Then write to us. We'll give you a link that will give you a good Bible reading plan so you can do what I'm saying. What I'm saying is not difficult to do. And as you read your Bible, include prayer. Let God hear your voice in the morning. Look up. Pray, read the word, let it all be together. And when I say pray, I'm not talking about hours of prayer. Prayer, like I'm describing, is something you can do on the go. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, to pray without ceasing. The Greek actually says pray without a pause. It's the picture of a lifestyle of prayer. Pray as you read the Bible. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, that the words will mean something to you. Pray with your spouse. Pray with your children before they leave the house. Denise and I always did that. Pray before you drive your car. It's a smart thing to do. Pray before you get on a plane. Pray. Make prayer something you do without a pause. David said in Psalm 5, verse 3, Lord, in the morning you're going to hear my voice. In the morning I will direct my voice to you and I will look up. When you do what I'm suggesting, <coughs> you begin to build a wall of defense in your mind and your emotions so the devil will have a very difficult time penetrating your day and penetrating your emotions. That's the first place he's going to try to strike you. So make sure you build a wall in that area of your life to keep him out. Point number one, every day spend time with God in the morning. Now we're out of time, but when I come back tomorrow, I'm going to give you the next points about how to build a wall of defense. I'm trying to give you real practical help that will help you remain free in your personal life.
When we come back, we're going to see point number two, which is every day spend time feeding your spirit on other sources. I'm going to give you real practical help about how to do that. I'll be back in just a moment. Do you feel like you're under attack in your relationships, your finances, your health? In Rick's 10-part teaching series, How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life, you'll learn that our lives are under constant assault by the enemy, and he is always looking for a way in. But you can have victory over the devil by learning how to build a spiritual wall of defense around you and those you love. Available in physical and digital formats, starting at just $20. You'll learn how to guard against the attacks of the enemy and fight back when you choose to believe God and commit to his word. You can also get Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. Available for just $10, this powerful resource will give you the tools you need to go on offense against the enemy. Don't miss this special offer, How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life, and or the companion book, Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner. We have a need in our ministry and I need you to help meet the need. So please just for a moment, hear my heart. Our ministry is really growing. Wow, it is amazing what is taking place. People are reaching out to us from every nook and cranny around the world because they're receiving teaching that they feel they can trust. And they're calling us for prayer. What a responsibility to pray for people. They're calling us for resources. They're calling us for support. They are reaching out to us in multiple languages, in English and Russian, and in other languages from around the world. And God has given us the responsibility to minister to these precious souls. But we're growing so much that we have run out of space. We're bursting at the seams in our American office and we need a new building. And we have found the building that we believe is ours. And guess what? It's fully furnished. All we have to do is move in. And so I'm asking you to please pray about becoming a part of the giving team into this special expansion project. Just go online. You'll read there on our homepage how you can participate in this project or give us a call. I'm so glad you've been with me today as I'm trying to help you know how to build a wall of defense for your life. You don't want the devil finding his way in the middle of your family or in your finances or your health or your friendships. Oh, what a mess. When the devil gets in, then you got to push him out, which you can do. You can do that. You can resist him. That's what the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 11. With the whole armor of God, you can stand against, you can push the devil back out of your life. The better that he never gets inside. So we're talking about preventative things you can do to build a wall of defense so the devil doesn't get inside, or it's what Peter called in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, being vigilant. Wow, it's so important. And I'm offering you my series called How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life. It's based on these programs, but it comes with a wonderful study guide. It's 10 parts with a wonderful study guide with Greek words and principles and all kinds of help that you will use in your personal life or in your study group. I really want to advise you to order this. It's wonderful. And with it, we're also offering my book called Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. The back of the book says there's a real devil that works nonstop to derail your destiny. That's the reason God provided spiritual weapons so you can undo any scheme the devil would try to use against you. You can do it. 
if you have spiritual weapons and know how to use them. You do have them. You just need to know how to use them. But let me pray for you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for giving us common sense to take steps we need to stake to make sure the devil never finds entrance into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. So let God's word release its power in you today. And I'll see you in the next program.